0: Movies entertain. Entertainment leads to emotions.
1: Those emotions connect us to our enjoyment of film. And that is why we exist. To focus on the emotional connection more than the technical merit. Because every movie makes us feel something. Hey everyone this is Aaron with the feeling film podcast what you're listening to right now is a little bit of a teaser episode on patreon.com we have the ability for you to support us financially speaking as low as two dollars a month that give you access to bonus content and some of that bonus content is our top five lists which this is an example of. Hopefully you enjoy this. And if you do, we'd love for you to check us out at patreon.com slash film and consider supporting us. It helps us keep the show going. It helps us increase our equipment quality, increase our presence on the web and bring more people into the conversation. So if you enjoy it, we'd love for you to check that out. If not, hopefully you like this little bit of a tease and don't get too mad because it's definitely got a cliffhanger. Hey patrons, welcome to another top five episode of the feeling Film Podcast. If you have listened to other top five episodes or trivia episodes or afterwards any of our bonus content, you will know that we do these a little bit more unscripted than the podcast, so they may not be quite as polished. We wanted to just come at this uh, very raw and give you a little bit more of our non- radio personas so hopefully you'll enjoy getting this uh, top five list from us with us tonight we have benson ferris who was also on the most recent episode of the podcast where we covered score a film music documentary so we figured we'd have him on to give his top five film scores as well and he does a lot of this he listens to a lot more music than both of us so we're gonna hopefully find out Something special and hopefully he's got like something secret that we've never heard of before or something. All right. So to get us kicked off, what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain a little bit about what I used as my criteria. We're going to call this our top five favorite film scores, not our quote unquote best, not the ones that we think are the highest quality that has ever been created, but these are our favorites. But what defines that for each of us is probably a little bit different. So for me, what I looked for is a score that really captured a specific sense of a film's emotion and so I kind of ended up breaking my list down into categories and you're gonna find that out so I don't have a traditional one two three four five in order mine are kind of like I have an animated score category and I have a adventure film score category as you'll see so I kind of tried to, pigeonhole them into genres in a way to try and limit this down, because this is a very, very difficult exercise. The other thing that I did is I tried to focus on film scores that were exceptional from start to finish. There are so many scores that I know for all of us, we can name our favorite tracks. And what the crazy thing is, is one of my favorite composers of all time, Hans Zimmer, got pushed off my list because... I couldn't fit him in, in this criteria of excellent for uh, excellent film scores from start to finish. There were others that just beat him out, even though if I was doing a favorite track list, he'd be all over that top 10. So I kind of gave more weight to the whole package. I'm excited to go through this. I, this was a traumatic process for me, guys. I was just stressing out like crazy. And I've listened to so many scores in the last two weeks prepping for this, and that was kind of the good part of it because it was really enjoyable benson what about you like how did you determine your criteria for what you were going to pick as your top five
2: so a big one like you is having every single one has to be good from beginning to end all the way through every single track has to be really great but another uh thing that i consider is i completely disregard the movie the movie has nothing to do with this this is purely the music one of my top five i have never seen the movie for one of them, I do not like the movie very much. That does not matter in the least bit. Those are probably the big things of just thinking about it. Other than that, I feel like overall, I'm very good at making lists. If someone gives me a certain category of items, I can put them in order from favorite <laughs> to least favorite. And usually that makes us so that people don't like the way that I list things. Cause of course. oh yeah. <laughs> They'll no, disagree very hard. No hardly. one's going to
1: agree with us, though. So. Well, that's awesome. I love that. I love that distinction uh for you that it, the movie shouldn't matter and it probably shouldn't mine
2: do. Um <laughs> Patrick, I listen to far more scores than I watch movies for.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Patrick, what about
0: you? Well, I'm the opposite of that. I I have to connect the movie to the soundtrack or to the score. And so for me, my criteria was in uh two or three different parts. One, I broke down my five into composers. So I picked the five composers and actually have six on my list. And so I don't know if I'm, <laughs> you cheat enough for the both of us, Aaron. So I'm okay with saying I have six, but I broke it down to five composers. And of those five composers, I was able to subjectively tonight, this day, rank them in terms of my least favorite to most favorite. And then among those composers, I have a favorite score and then a runner up. So I'll oh mention. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. look I, and I really I'm thought, the
1: teeter? No,
0: no, no. Well, here's the thing though, is the, the winning score won because of a particular track on okay. that score. That's so funny. like both of you guys, the soundtracks, the scores that make my list are in my opinion, good from beginning to end, but there is one particular track that stands out for its emotional resonance. So You'll hear five composers, I'm not going to say the sixth unless we do a, uh, you know, we do our honorable mention, and you'll hear a mention of the runner up and then I'll go into talking about my the score that I like. I can't
1: believe you. But that's yes, okay. You can. You can I actually set mine up so that I could name drop a whole bunch of scores too. That's how I did it on purpose.
2: But um <laughs> yeah, I don't believe in either of those methods. I believe that if one composer has three they are better than anyone else's, it doesn't matter. Yep. I'm, well, I'm a stickler about lists, how these things work. But that's good. <laughs> that's good that we have – And
1: I'm glad we have you because we're going to have different perspectives here. And, and like Patrick just said, I mean, his is going to change by the time we're done – like halfway through this podcast, his list is going to change apparently. It flows <laughs> like the wind. By the time you listen to this, listeners, he will have a whole different five. Yep. Okay. That's why he has when, one on bench already. Yeah, that's true. Okay, Benson, so – we're going to let you go first with your number five.
2: Number five. Okay. Uh, my number five is Rudy by Jerry Goldsmith.
1: And why do you pick Rudy? What's uh, so, what was stuck out about that
2: one? So it's partially a nostalgia pick. I remember when I was young, my family had very few CDs and I think we only had like four soundtracks and that was one of them. We listened to them all the time and I adore every track. You can play me any track, any moment, and I can tell you what track it is and approximately how many seconds we are in. I adore it so much. I have ridden my bike to Final Game so many times. It is such a thrilling score. I love the orchestration, the the way that Goldsmith develops it. It's what really helped me come into his style of music. He is one of the best of all time. And I feel like there's a precision to that score that you don't see in modern compositions. If you listen to, I think, Waiting and uh, Final Game again, Final Game is possibly my favorite track that exists in film scoring. If you listen to those two, you can hear every note sounds like it's like hitting a nail on the head that they didn't have any qualms about. They knew exactly where they're going and that the whole orchestra is working in the same direction. It's such a powerful work of art having having that's hard to explain in that way and also it's a pretty wide breadth of emotion there you've got the powerful stuff you've got things that are a little softer you really go through a whole journey of this character throughout i actually listened to the score hundreds of times prior to seeing the movie the movie was a huge letdown in comparison and that's what i think about when i think about rudy and even football in general
1: that's awesome that is a very cool reason to pick that patrick What's uh, your number fifteen or whatever it is you have on your list?
0: <laughs> well, James Horner comes in at number five for me, and um, I was sad to, was sad to lose him back in 2015. He was the composer that, if I could put a time period in my short life that I've lived, uh, he was the composer of my 20s. He was the guy who I listened to quite a bit when I was uh, in the latter part of college and early part of my, you know, independent adulthood. And the two movies that stood out to me, one was Titanic. That was a huge, just enormous swell of popularity. And you have, um, of course, Celine Dion just singing her heart out for you. And it got overplayed for sure. I thought Rose was a fantastic track. But the, the soundtrack that sticks out to me, the score that really connects with me is Deep Impact. And this was not a very popular movie. It came out about the same time as Armageddon. I guess it was considered the more dramatic version of Armageddon or the less rock and roll version of Armageddon because it dealt with a a couple of asteroids crashing to Earth. But there is a fantastic track on there called The Wedding. And of course, it involves a wedding. But the way that Horner works in both Titanic and Deep Impact, as well as some other uh, films that he he did, he is very delicate with his... With his music. I feel like when he is playing a piano piece, he's very light and delicate with it. And even when he gets into the more orchestrated, expensive pieces musically, he still doesn't feel very heavy handed. And I think that's what really drew me to his music is it felt very calming. I felt like I could pop in one of his scores. And even if there were dramatic moments, they didn't feel overwhelming. They always felt like they had this really precious motif attached to them. And and the wedding has this really cool little piano. Of course, I'm not doing any justice and I'm not going to do that anymore because uh, I don't want people to run away from that. But the fact is James Horner I think was a I felt like I was as an audience. I felt like I was really tuning in to scores for the first time when I listened to his stuff. Like his was the first of the many scores that I was like, "Ah, I'm now noticing the music in these movies." And so, yeah, he comes in at number 5 for
1: me with deep impact. Good stuff. Well, my number 5 is my favorite adventure score category. This one, you know, had some competition. had probably the least competition of all of my categories that I came up with actually. This one has a lot of films that have what I talked about, one iconic track or two iconic tracks, but not a full score that I would listen to over and over and over, exceptions being Back to the Future, which is actually not – I mean, it's a movie I absolutely love. It's in my top 100, but I'm not quite the fan of it that some people like Patrick. Are Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, the first movie, the one you mentioned in our episode that we just recorded, Benson, that is very close on my list as well of something that I can just listen to all the way through and just gives me that really awesome kind of adventure feel. The one that I'm putting here, I'm going to bookend with my number one because there were two scores, this one and the other one, that really defined the years in my teenage life, which anybody doing math right now, they can narrow down what that score might be because these two are the ones that I listened to the most when I was in high school. These ones I used to put on in my car radio, and it was a time when I discovered film scores, and I kind of started listening to them on their own outside of when the movie was playing for the first time. And so this one, number five, is Jurassic Park. It's a little bit of an obvious pick, probably, for a lot of people, but the fact is I can listen to it over and over and over, all the way through. And for me, Unlike most of John Williams's music, I think that this one has some very delicate moments to it that a lot of his scores don't necessarily get. It's got... All the elements of a great adventure score. Um, starting off with obviously the Jurassic Park theme, but for me, the emotional resonance comes with the track Journey to the Island. Yes. This is when the helicopter is flying in to Island of for the first time. And we are, I cannot, that's the thing. Like I can't hear this track without in my head picturing myself in this helicopter coming onto that island. It will always and forever be imprinted into my brain when I hear that music. It's that theme that motif whatever and so i love it i love it i love it i love it i could play that track on repeat over and over and, and you know combined with the rest of this score this is the one that i have to pick for my favorite adventure score
2: all right uh Aaron. yeah would i be able to ask you a quick question about the jurassic park music of course what do you consider to be the main theme of jurassic park is it dum bum 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 or is it which one of those two do you consider be the main theme
1: it's the first which is more is the track that i'm talking about yeah it's um yeah it's that's what i consider to be the main theme okay i like asking that question to people it's interesting it's a great question actually because you almost have two right i mean it seems like you do have two one of them is called jurassic park theme
2: yeah there's a lot of series that have two themes but none that i think are that close
1: yeah no that's a great question thanks everybody for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed that and will subscribe and you can get the rest of the top five along with a lot more cool bonus content like our very fun movie trivia episodes. Thanks for listening.